Hey everyone, I'm Russ Willett from PipesAndCigars.com. Welcome to PNC's Talking Tobacco Live. Um, a lot of things going on as usual, uh, and uh, I'm going to bring you up to speed on as much of it as I possibly can. Hold on just a moment. There. All right. Having lighting issues. Anyway. <clears throat> Um, we, uh, we had a little weather on Tuesday, um, Monday night, we were kind of concerned, not knowing whether or not we should stay home or make it into the office. Um, it really wasn't all that bad. It was a few inches of snow and it was wet and, um, the temperatures climbed up. The, the snow started to go before very long at all. Um, I have a relatively short drive to work. I'm, I'm probably about five miles uh, from the new offices. And so uh, uh, I, I made it in uh, a number of people, though, uh, in our office live quite a bit further out, you know, 15, 20 miles or more. And uh, a number of those folks decided to work from home. But as it turned out, the roads were fine. It really uh, wasn't much of an issue. Uh, and now it's, it's almost all gone. And today's going to get up into um, well into the 50s, if not into the 60s before the day is over. So uh, it's an interesting way to start things uh, off for a week, but uh, it turned out to be really not much of anything. Hi, Buck and David. Um, and uh, since I, I see David is here, um, I'll lead off with uh, something David and I had a uh, had a brief uh, uh, chat yesterday, um, and it, it appears that um, there will not be a show in Richmond this year. Uh, what they're doing is they are um, working right now uh, to do long-range planning. Uh, for next year, um, figuring that the extra time will allow them to get things the way they want them. And I certainly would rather um, they, they execute a plan and be happy with where things are going uh, than to try to scramble to throw something together and then, of course, whenever that happens, you get down to the last minute and things start to go off the rails. So uh, I, I certainly understand uh, the club's desire to do it right. I would much rather see that myself. And um, whenever it is, uh, we will be there. And if uh, I can offer any assistance at all uh, to the folks at CORE uh, in putting something together, whether it's uh, 
you know, being involved with um, a seminar or or uh, anything. And uh, you know, I will I will do what I can to help out. David says uh, that he they just want it to be a good show, and it'll be the fortieth anniversary, so um, definitely uh, worth um, uh, doing it right. And so again, if I if I can do anything to help the club, uh, you know, all you have to do is ask, and uh, and I will do everything that I possibly can um, to help you folks out. Um, and we're coming up on Chicago, the end of April. Um, so it, it's going to be, um, it, it's going to be an interesting year. It's still not going to be up to the way things were, but it's certainly getting a lot closer and uh, and we're we're planning on uh, doing what we can uh, to be involved <clears throat> so um there are a number of things that i want to talk about basically a lot of it's leftovers from last week because i wasn't able to um finish talking about everything um, that I had planned on. So uh, I'll wrap that up today. Um, but before we do that, as we usually do, um, it's time to take a look at what's going on on PNC. And here we go. So here's what's happening on PNC. Uh, the first thing is a build your own tin sampler. Um, we've done something similar in the past, um, but we were we were rather surprised uh, when we dropped this, just how uh, people received it. Uh, the the early sales uh, was really surprising. We we normally, when we have something like this, um, the first day uh, we get a decent amount, but as the day goes on and into the second or third day, um, we see the numbers pick up. And that's because typically what people will do is they'll see, um, something along this line and and they want to check it out first they want to see what tins are available and then they want to figure out you know if you're getting three tins for 29.99 out of what's available what do i want um and so normally that that happens later in the first day or into the second or third day um, this took off right from the very beginning. Um, of course, we've seen prices on tins go up uh, a fair amount in the past few years uh, as a combination of, uh, of lack of availability on certain items. Uh, it's been it's been a difficult few years, and that 
as a result has driven up costs. So now people get an opportunity to get a selection of uh, different tin tobaccos. Uh, so if you get an opportunity to, to buy these all for about 10 bucks a tin, uh, when they're typically going for 11, 12, 13 or more, um, this is a great opportunity. And I'm sure that we have people who are going to know, uh, going to want more than just three. So, um, so that's, that's this deal and, uh, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, David says transportation and packaging costs are up and that has an impact for sure. Oh, absolutely true. So, um, you know, we're doing what we can to help you folks, uh, be able to enjoy your hobby to the fullest. And, uh, so we'll, we'll keep coming up with these, uh, as best we can. And here's one that a lot of people are going to enjoy. And that is that, um, we're offering best of the rest, um, at only $14.99 bag. And as you can see from the labels, these are full 16 ounce bags. So you're paying less than a dollar an ounce. Uh, best of the rest started off as basically whatever was left in the, the blending bowl or in the bottom of bags. Um, at the end of the day, we would all, we put this all in, in a container and make it available and it turned out to be such a popular concept that and that we found ourselves wishing that that we could actually create uh, more leftovers so that we could sell more of best of the rest and that's when the idea um that will that we would get together with factories and and have them do that for us rather than us because we didn't produce that much uh but the factories do um and now it's evolved even further to the point where best of the rest english and aromatic are dedicated blends they're going to be the same every time you get them um so when you're talking about being able to get tobaccos from well-known factories uh, at uh, a price that's among the least expensive on the market, uh, we're, we're really uh, happy to offer you uh, the new updated best of the rest. Uh, and certainly there's plenty of you who uh, buy these tobaccos on a regular basis. And so um, I'm sure those folks are going to want to jump on this promotion. And uh, right now we have uh, Peter Stokeby Select Blends up to 15% off, uh, as low as $1.30 an ounce. Um, you know, the, what more can you say about Peter Stokeby tobaccos? As far as bulk tobaccos go, 
Peter Stokeby was the company that brought Danish tobaccos to the bulk bars in brick and mortars across the country. And we definitely um, have been huge fans of Stokeby tobaccos here. Uh, we have had them right since uh, PNC went live in 99, and uh, they're still among our best-selling brands. Uh, so those of you who are, are uh, Peter Stokeby fans are going to want to take advantage of this. Um, and it's nice to see that the legacy has gone on. Um, and let, so let me... Um, let me explain uh, a little bit about the the whole background uh, between uh, with Peter Stokeby and uh, STG. Um, Stokeby had their own operation for a number of years, and at one point, um, uh, Peter thought it was wasteful for them to have an operation going um, and also to have right there in Denmark um, the Orlik factory uh, doing uh, all their work. Uh, so they came up with a deal and I, I don't remember all the details, but in, in a very ham-fisted way, the explanation is that um, Peter entered into an agreement with Orlik uh, where uh, they would produce the tobaccos uh, for him uh, in exchange after a period of 20 years, um, they would turn over the, the brand to uh, Orlik STG um, to operate. And uh, so, um, unfortunately, in that interim period, uh, Peter had passed. And um, so there was a U.S. distributor. Um, Peter's son, Eric, worked for that distributor um, at the time and, uh, and basically was managing the Stokeby portfolio. Uh, and then he moved on to his uh, own ventures. And, and so Peter Stokeby has uh, been an STG uh, brand for a while now. Um, but they're still producing the same tobaccos in the same factories the same way. And uh, so if, if you're looking for the more um, nuanced, uh, aromatics, um, you certainly will find them here. Uh, they're not as over the top as American, uh, American aromatics tend to be. And, uh, but there's also English blends in there and there are, um, Virginia based blends and Burley based blends in the Stokeby lineup. So at 15% off, um, you're virtually certain to find something in the Stokeby brand that you'll like. 
uh, and it, it's definitely worth taking a look. Um, let's see here. The head says, um, can only pop in for a few minutes between classes while on planning period. Is Tasty Cake gone? No, no, uh, more is coming. Uh, it's just temporarily sold out. Um, um, can I tell you which blend was the hardest for me to blend? Uh, classic Burley Cake in the Signature Series. That took me more than three years to get where I wanted it. Um, I made a number of errors along the way uh, in, in coming up with that blend, but I finally came up with uh, something that I was happy with. Um, which was the easiest? That's Larry's blend. Uh, Larry's blend was... Um, was a 15 minute job. I had blended a tobacco, sampled it uh, to one of our pipe club members. And he um, he told me what he liked about it, but then he told me what he preferred. And so seizing on the formula from 10 to midnight, which is the, the blend that he had tried, um, I, I went into um, my blending area and I just tweaked the 10 to midnight formula um, to, because he wanted something deeper and earthier and warmer. And um, I came back out after 15 minutes and gave it to him. He loaded up a bowl, lit it and smiled and said, that's what I'm talking and so uh, Larry's blend only took me 15 minutes. Uh, which was the most fun to blend? Um, probably the one that was the most fun to blend um, was Warhorse Bar. Um, mainly because uh, I got a little loopy uh, smoking the samples of these really strong tobaccos. But at the same time, it was a, a real fun and interesting challenge to come up with a top note that would basically mask the heavy uh, aroma of such earthy and spicy tobaccos. Um, and I, I'm pleased with the way it turned out. And uh, and that, that was a lot of fun. But uh, there, there were a few moments where I needed to sit down uh, after uh, the, the nicotine hit. Um, and which blend I'm most proud of? Um, I'm probably most proud of Bengal Slices uh, simply because it was an evolution. Um, it's starting with my homage to... Um, to Bengal slices uh, called Fusilier's Ration. And then when I was asked to, to um, actually uh, come up with a blend uh, as close to the original for the actual Bengal slices uh, brand, um, that, that took uh, a lot of fine tuning. And then to have the success um, that Bengal Slices had, uh, and the sales volume is still 
uh, incredibly high. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that because it, it took a number of years, little pieces at a time, um, and then to have it hit the market and become uh, a huge success, uh, I, I guess that's my proudest uh, accomplishment. Um, David mentions that yesterday was Eric Stokeby's birthday. Yes, I wish him a happy birthday. David says optimum is always good. Um, David said uh, my second easiest blend he imagines would be Chatham Manor. And uh, yes, uh, that's true. And that didn't take very long. The only, um, the only thing that was difficult about Chatham Manor was doing the blending by phone. Um, I came up with the tobacco blend, communicated with Carl uh, down at Sutliff. Um, he made up a sample using the top dressings that I mentioned. <clears throat> He sent me the sample, I tried it, and then I contacted him and told him we needed to reduce the amount of top note. And uh, then he sent me the second sample and I was pleased with that second sample. So yeah, that was that was a, a pretty uh, uh, straightforward uh, procedure for making that blend. Um, and so let's... Um, move on where are you there we go uh so carter hall and prince albert uh, 14 ounce cans are back in stock um for those of you who have been waiting uh wait no longer but uh get there and get some because god only knows there's a lot of people who've been waiting for it so it wouldn't surprise me if we're back in uh, an out-of-stock situation before too long. So uh, Middleton Blend fans, uh, get over and grab some while you can. And Captain Black Hands and Pouches are 15% off as part of our catalog promotion. Um, and uh, obviously there's a lot of you who are uh, Captain Black fans. So uh, get get there and stock up because uh, the weather's starting to gradually break and uh, we'll be out there uh, taking long walks or uh, sitting at picnic benches and uh, enjoying a pipe. And uh, you wanna make sure you have plenty of your favorites on hand. So take advantage of the 15% off on Captain Black while you can. Um, Buck says, first pipe of the day, every day is Shadow Manor. I'm always honored when people uh, tell me something like that, uh, to know that I'm, I'm a, a part of your, um, your daily uh, routine is, uh, is an honor. It really is. Um, this week's tobacco of the week is Peterson Nightcap. Uh, the first time I tried it was probably 1976, maybe 77. Um, and having been a Latakia fan, um, 
certainly uh, it sounded like it was going to uh, be right in my wheelhouse. So I, I, um, I tried it. What I wasn't uh, ready for was uh, the neck hit. Um, the uh, I'm sure some of it comes from the the perique, but I'm I'm also pretty sure that they're using um, some amped up Virginias in the blend. But uh, yeah, that 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 shocked me. I was used to. Balkan Sobrani, which didn't have a, a huge nicotine hit. Um, Bengal Slices, which, again, was not a, a terribly strong tobacco. And then I try Nightcap, and not only did it have a very deep, rich flavor, but uh, I, I got a bit of a buzz off it. Um, it's, uh, it's a tremendously deep. Uh, Latakia blend, um, but it also has a bit of sweetness to it. Um, it it's a very intriguing blend if you haven't tried it, and uh, we, we're discounting it this week, so um, those of you who are fans or have been thinking about trying it, uh, here's a good opportunity to get some and, uh, and, and enjoy. Um, Charles says, try both the MP and Nightcap when he started and didn't like either. Never went back. Maybe time to revisit. Yes. Yes. People's change, uh, tastes change over time. And uh, who knows, Charles, maybe uh, it'll work for you this time around. And um, this month's monthly deal. Yes, we're in a new month. Uh, so for March... Our special feature is Borkum Riff, and for this, we're doing a buy more, save more. And when we hear the phrase buy more, save more, of course, what that means is stock up time. Um, the more you buy, the lower the price becomes, and um, that's great when you want to uh, get those shelves uh, filled up in anticipation for uh, getting out and enjoying your pipes more. Uh, Borkum Riff uh, has been in the U.S. since the 60s. One of the first uh, brands to bring uh, Scandinavian-style aromatics to the U.S. Um, it became incredibly popular in the 60s and 70s and is still one of the best-selling brands of uh, pipe tobacco uh, that we have available. And so uh, the seven ounce cans, depending on how many you buy, can go as low as $27.99 a can. And uh, pouches, uh, depending again on how many you purchase, can be as low as $5.99, and that's like prices from uh, three, four years ago. So here's an opportunity to uh, stock up on Bork and Riff and Save. You have the entire month, um, but I wouldn't wait uh, because you never know what's going to happen between now and the end of March. So um, if you're a Bork and Riff fan, uh, grab some, put them in your shopping cart, 
and uh, and poke around and see if there's anything else that you like also. <clears throat> and uh, my my cigar clippings for this week um, goes to uh, lighting uh, cigars. I'm not going to get into which is better matches or or soft flame or torch lighters or anything like that. I, I'm going to actually talk about the physical aspect of, uh, of lighting the cigar. Uh, when you toast the foot of a cigar, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is that they, they really only concentrate on toasting the filler at the foot. And uh, that can be bad. That can create tunneling. Um, when you when you toast the foot, what you're really doing is preparing the tobacco to burn. If you only toast the filler and then go to light the cigar, the filler burns more readily. And so what you wind up happening is a phenomenon that's commonly called tunneling. And so the filler burns, um, but the binder and the wrapper uh, are lagging behind. And so the cigar burns up the middle while the wrapper still is only puckering and smoldering, but it's not lit. And when that happens, you are creating a furnace. Uh, when the filler is burning, but the binder and the wrapper are not, um, the cigar will get incredibly hot. You will roast your tongue. You think that mindlessly puffing on a pipe uh, of Virginia tobaccos uh, while not thinking about it can fry your tongue? It's nothing compared to having a... Uh, a cigar tunnel. Um, and the, the narrower the ring gauge, the worse it gets. Uh, if you ever get a Corona to tunnel on you, I guarantee you it's going to burn your tongue. Um, so when you're toasting the cigar, you got to make sure that you singe the edge of the wrapper where it, it's at the foot. Um, if you don't, uh, then you get that inward burn and, uh, and that's not good. Um, and then as far as it goes, what I tend to do is I rotate the cigar as I puff. Never let the flame touch the foot of the cigar. Always keep the flame below the foot. And when it comes to puffing, you can puff short and fast. You can puff long and slow. And to me, actually, the sweet spot is in between. Um, I don't like long, drawn-out uh, drags. And the reason is that um, the, the draw pressure will gradually decrease and uh, that can cause burning issues. So a, um, a draw of a second or two um, 
and not hard um, is really best because it allows the tobacco to light more evenly and it gets the foot started. Um, so just take it and take it easy. Don't puff furiously. Don't puff too slow and rotate the cigar as you like. And, uh, and you're in pretty good shape there. So, um, that's you know, what's happening on PNC for the week. Um, and so, uh, we, we will go back to, um, uh, our previous topic about uh, new items and things like that um, and your thoughts on it. Um, so new cleaning um, products, um, kind of hard to come up with. And, and the reason being that uh, the, the products that are out there do a pretty good job. Um, so if you folks have any ideas for cleaning products that you would like to see, I'd love your feedback on that. But in the meantime, uh, I wanted to show you something because um, we're, we're so fortunate. Um, in the way things uh, have been done um, in in the past few years. Uh, those of you who uh, have been around uh, PNC um, for a while are familiar with Dan Klebov. Dan is a pipe maker. He makes pipes under the brand Gabrielli Pipes. Um, he is to, to say that he's fastidious in making a pipe would be um, an understatement. Uh, nobody spends as much time um, in fine details of making a pipe, I think, than Dan. Um, he's... Um, he, he will sand out the airway in a stem to make sure that there aren't any little burrs in there, that there are no steps um, where moisture can accumulate. I mean, he, he just is so fussy and in a good way. And, um, and so that led him to working for PNC, uh, initially um, refurbishing estate pipes, which he still does. Um, but uh, he carried that same attention to detail over to estates. Uh, we recently re uh, released a batch of estates and they were gone in no time. Um, and, and Dan still does that, but, um, we've transitioned him into, um, helping to receive new pipes. And the reason makes a lot of sense. Uh, Dan is the person who's best qualified 
uh, to take measurements on the pipes. Um, you know, he he does that for his own pipes, so he he definitely has the technique down. And so um, when they come in, Dan not only works on receiving them, but he'll take one of each shape and he'll measure length and diameter and depth of the bowl and the weight and everything else uh, and post it. So when we have a new item come in, Dan is probably uh, the first person on our staff to see it. And of course, he knows how important this stuff is to me. So when something new comes in, uh, he will often um, send me a text uh, to let me know uh, what's being received and what his impressions are. And um, there's a line that I've talked about with you folks. Um, the new line is C'est la vie. Um, this is a brand that our company uh, owns and has for a while. It started out primarily as cigars. And then we introduced the Salevi uh, pouch pipe tobaccos, which are based on French confectionery flavors. So um, there's French vanilla, there's chocolate eclair, uh, and um, there's also creme caramel. And, and so these, um, these flavors uh, obviously translate well uh, into the French style. But when I think of French pipes, um, my early thoughts are French pipes of the 1950s, 60s, going into the 70s. Um, this was a time when K. Woody was certainly uh, one of the best-selling uh, brands of, uh, of pipes in the U.S. And um, this was the Leave it to Beaver era. Um, so bowls and chambers tended to be uh, smaller. They, they were not as, um, as big as today's. We, you know, we transitioned slowly, uh, primarily because of the influence of Italian uh, pipe makers. Uh, those companies started going to larger bowls, larger pipes, um, and thicker walled. But still, there were and are a lot of people who like um, smaller, more delicate pipes. And um, mainly because of time restraints. You don't have as, as much time to enjoy a pipe. Um so that's that may be one reason um, you may prefer to clench and so you want a lighter pipe and so um when we came out with the idea for say lobby 
we wanted to get some of the smaller traditional shapes um, that were reminiscent of a lot of those French pipes that came out uh, during that time period. And um, so we approached uh, a, uh, an excellent factory uh, to produce these pipes for us. Um, they're going to come in. Um, they're going to come in smooth uh, in a, uh, a kind of a, a mahogany finish. And then they're going to come in a sandblast, black sandblast. And um, so we, we worked on shapes and we worked on color combinations and everything with the factory. And um, I received a notification. Um, well, yeah, it was just over a week ago um, that they were getting ready to ship. Well, apparently they've already arrived. And so I'm, um, I'm really uh, pleased uh to to see that they've turned around so quickly dan is checking in the pipes and what's the first thing he does texts me a picture picture and he's raving over these pipes dan likes some of those smaller pipes himself um mainly because like most of us uh, we don't know how long we're going to have to be able to enjoy a pipe. Life is always interrupting. And so uh, having those smaller pipes uh, means chances are pretty good you can load a bowl and finish it uh, before you have to move on to the next thing. So he sent me an image of a slightly bent Dublin from the Say La Vie line and there it is. And let me try to tilt it so that you get the least amount of reflection. But if that doesn't remind you of a K Woody um, from the 60s and 70s, uh, I don't know what does. You can see it's not quite five and a half inches in length. Um, it's slender. It's lighter weight. Um, we're really excited about these. Um, so they will be available shortly, as will the new Viking Thor by Frost um, Mjolnir um, with some beautiful Danish shapes. Uh, they've arrived. Dan raved over those as well. Those will be going live uh, sometime over the next uh, couple of weeks because we still have to receive and get photographs and everything, but they'll be coming up soon. So um, uh, regarding your feedback on um, cleaning products, um, David uh, said he's been using... Uh, a line of cleaning and maintenance products for over five years now that have worked extremely well for me, especially since 
he no longer has his full-size buffer set up. Um, there are several products in line and use just about um, about all of them and, and pleased to downright amazed. Um, uh, made by a gentleman named Mark Hoover. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, good to know. Um, you know, we we have done um, the entire Decatur line, and um, people have have wondered um, about some of them because they um, they can't find them anywhere but on PNC, um, and. We've been asked about uh, what goes into some of the products, and uh, my my answer is when uh, people ask, none of your damn business. The um, the the reason I say that is um, we actually formulated um, what goes into the Decatur product. Um, you know, we created the formulations for Briar Fresh for um, the the stem polishing uh, products, the uh, silicone claw, um, all of those things were developed by the PNC team. And uh, I, I can honestly say that I prefer the Decatur products to any other similar products that are out there. I use them. Um, I won't use anything else because I have confidence because I know what's in them. Um, you know, it even comes down to for, for Briar Fresh. Um, Briar, Briar Fresh um, has an alcohol base. Any kind of, um, airway cleaning fluid should have an alcohol base or something similar to alcohol that will evaporate quickly. You know, there are some things that evaporate quickly that uh, you would not want to use. Uh, you don't, you don't want to use ammonia. Ammonia evaporates quickly, but, um, would kind of mess up your pipes. Um, but, even though Briar Fresh has an alcohol base, there's a lot of different types of alcohols. And finding the right type of alcohol as a base um, was a bit of a challenge, but we got it. And uh, I'm very happy with that product. Charles says that Decatur pipe cleaners are the best pipe cleaners that he's ever used. Those are made in the Netherlands for us uh, specifically. Um, and I, I'm in agreement with you, Charles. I don't even bother with regular and fluffy and, uh, and bristled anymore because to me, the Decatur pipe cleaners, the tapered pipe cleaners are everything all in one. They're tapered. So 
you have a thin end and a thick end. So you can use the thin end for the narrower airways and the thick end for the, the bigger ones. They have abrasive rings on them, so they act like a bristled pipe cleaner, uh, but they're not as abrasive, um, so they do a better job. They're extremely absorbent. They don't give up a lot of lint as you're cleaning. And on top of that, they probably have the stiffest wire um, set up of any pipe cleaner that's out there. And that's especially good if you have a pipe with an narrow airway and it's a bent pipe. And you're trying to pass a pipe cleaner and the bend is just too extreme or maybe it's not ramped exactly right. And you start pushing that pipe cleaner through and you hit some kind of a block. Now, probably all you have to do is rotate the pipe cleaner and, and try again and it'll, it'll pass. But um, a lot of times when you do that with uh, a lot of pipe cleaners, you hit a blockage and then you wind up kinking the pipe cleaner. And try as you will, you're never going to get that pipe cleaner straightened out exactly right. So uh, that's why I like the Decatur pipe cleaners. I don't use anything else. Um, I keep a pack in the car. I keep a pack in my backpack. And I keep them at home. And um, I, I always have my Decatur pipe cleaners. Um, David says that's as it should be. Is there are many uh, out there who will steal formulas and try and cut into the market, but often will cut corner product. And that's true. I mean, you know, we know what goes in them and, and the, um, the elements uh, of each product, uh, are, are quality. We're not going to bring anything to market, um, that, it's not going to be consistent and of higher quality. Um, but um, yeah, some people will try to steal it. Frankly, anybody who tries to steal uh, concepts for um, pipe-related items, uh, kind of silly because it's not a huge market. Uh, so, um, but says best way for getting oxidation off pipe stems. I, I, I would agree. It's the safest way. Let's put it that way. Um, it does a good job and it's not difficult to use, uh, and it won't mess up your, your stems. Um, oh, you're, you're asking for the best way. Yeah. Uh, okay, if you're having uh, trouble getting them black again, um, what I will tend to, if, if it's gotten that hazy, um, what I would tend to do is to get a really fine sandpaper. Um, I actually have my own technique, but I've been doing it for a long time, and it works well for me but it's not something I would recommend um, to anyone else because if you don't do it right, you could wind up 
leaving little chatter marks on the stem. So the, the easiest way, get yourself some real fine sandpaper, uh, something in the range of like 800 grit. So we're talking almost polishing sandpaper um, and use that to remove the haze. Um, if it's not that bad, if it's just a little off color or dull, um, then use Decatur uh, Haze Away, which is a tougher, a uh, little bit uh, rougher uh, abrasive and use that to remove the haze. When you get done using that, it's going to be a bit filmy looking. Um, and then you use the second step, which is shine bright. And, uh, and what you do with both products is you take a small amount on cloth, you wipe it on the affected part of the stem, you let it dry, and then you go back and buff it with the cloth. Um, haze Away will get rid of the haziness, and Shine Bright will bring the shine back. Um, the most important part about this is you got to do it when it first starts showing up. If you let it get to the point where it starts discoloring to gray or, or beige or green even, um, when it gets to that point, that's when you gotta take more aggressive measures. You gotta use uh, the sandpaper or you may even have to use a buffing wheel uh, to get it back. If you get it early, uh, Haze Away and Shine Bright will do the job great, and uh, you don't have to use any tools. Um, but if you uh, if you wait a little too long, um, then it's going to take a lot more work. David says he agrees with Charles that the Decatur pipe cleaners are superior, the only ones he buys now, except for a rare exception for church wardens, of course and um, two pipes with extremely tight bits. Yeah, sometimes you got to get the the real thin uh, pipe cleaners like a Dills or some of the BJ Longs. But uh, for the most part, uh, Decatur will work on, on mostly any pipe. Um, David says he'll hop on his soapbox and warn everyone to avoid chlorine in any form and oxygenated and products to soak your vulcanite stems both cause irreparable damage. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens um, when you use either chlorine bleach or um, something that's hydrogen peroxide based, um, you're, you're going to, at least on a temporary basis, accelerate oxidation and then it's much harder to remove. Please stay away from the bleach soaks or peroxide soaks. Um, it can pit uh, vulcanite to the point where um, it's the, the vulcanite will never be really smooth again. Um, and if you use it on acrylic, some uh, 
formulations of acrylic be can become a bit more brittle uh, when you use a soak of that sort. Um, you know, again, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So the best thing to do is get it early, get it when it's not a problem, and then you can use something as simple as the uh, Hazeway and Shine Bright. And for that matter, there's the no-ox oil um, for vulcanite stems. All you do is put a drop on the cloth and one drop can do like four or five stems. Um, when you're done smoking and you, you wipe your stem clean, just take uh, a little bit of the no-ox and apply it to the stem and then take the excess off and it leaves behind a barrier uh, so that it won't oxidize. Not only because the oil creates a physical barrier, but also it puts a bit more of a shine on the stem so that ultraviolet light will be reflected away, one less source of oxidation. Um, David says that the, those soaps cause structural changes uh, that can show up down the road, plus bleach will corrode and dissolve metal inlays and attachments. And that, yes, that's, that's certainly true. Um, so we have, uh, we have more, um, ideas for cleaning products. Um, but we're happy with, um, the Decatur lineup right now. And, uh, so for the, for the time being, um, we don't have anything, uh, in the, the near future coming out. Um, but we're always working on ideas. Um, the biggest uh, problem is finding economical ways to bring them to you. I'll, I'll give you, I'll end this with um, a little story. I had, I had an idea a few years back. And the idea was to create something that will help you uh, dry down your tobaccos um, at the time that you wanted to use them. You know, typically what we do if we want to dry our tobaccos down, we take what we think we're going to need for a bowl, put it on a paper towel or a piece of newspaper, you let it sit out in the open, and you let it naturally dry. Kind of hard to do it outdoors because if you get any kind of a breeze, it's going to blow your tobacco to the four winds. Um, and... It, it's a mess having tobacco sitting around like that. So I had an idea. I had an idea for a box um, that had a recess in the top, a round recess. And it would be ventilated and it would have basically a fan from a computer case. The, the kind of fans that in a desktop uh, computer uh, would ventilate the tower, the, the little fans that kick on and pull heat out of the box. 
And so we were going to have the box with a fan that blows out. And then that recess in the top, the round recess, would have um, screening in it, a, a fine plastic screen. And then there would be a cup that also had screen on the bottom. And you would put your tobacco in the cup and then set the cup down in that recess and you kick the fan on. And what it would do is it would pull the air through the tobacco and blow the exhaust out. So you're getting contained air movement. You've got air movement helping to remove the moisture, but the way it was designed, the tobacco wouldn't go all over the place. Um, and I, I made a prototype and it actually worked incredibly well. So then we took the idea and we went to a manufacturer to see about having them made. And this is one of the problems we run into on a regular basis. If we wanted them made, we had to make at least 500. I don't know how big the market is for something like that. And how long would it take to sell 500 of them? But at 500, our cost would have been around $30 a unit. Which means that, you know, when we got done marking it, market, uh, marking it up to make a profit, it would price it out of most people's comfort range. Um, if we wanted the price to come down, we'd be fine if we bought 1,000, 2,500, 5,000. Then we could get the, the cost per unit down to the point where we could sell them in the $25, $30 range. And then maybe we might be able to sell them, but we weren't going to sell 5,000. So these are some of the, the economies of scale that we have to deal with. Do we have problems producing 5,000 tins of tobacco? No, because we know that we will sell them People use them, they replace them. Um, not true for hard goods like that. So that's my little story on the Decatur dehydrator um, that never uh, wound up happening. Um, Charles says the host of a popular uh, pipecast has actually used a microwave. Not sure of his process, uh, of his process though, uh, to dry out tobacco. Um, Microwaves do not work well uh, for a few reasons. First off, um, you have a fan in a microwave, so it blows tobacco around. Uh, so you've got to put it in a relatively deep container or you're going to get scraps in your microwave. Uh, on top of that, um, it releases fumes 
from the tobacco that would gag a maggot. I mean, really, you open the microwave and if you get your face too close to the door, you open it up, it will hit you with a blast that will choke you. Um, but beside that, microwaves do not heat evenly. Um, if you've ever seen the illustrations, the way it works is a magnetron uh, produces um, microwaves and then they hit a fan. Um, and that fan has slanted blades. And as the microwaves hit those blades, they're deflected downward into the chamber and then they'll reflect off the metal walls um, of the microwave to try to blanket the interior, but it doesn't work like that. There are always going to be cold spots and hot spots in a microwave. And so you could wind up practically smoking some of the tobacco that's in the microwave. Uh, I, I definitely do not, um, I do, I do not do it. Um, David said, nowadays, uh, my dehydrator can be 3D printed and possibly for a bit less than $30 a pop. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I hadn't thought about 3D printing. I'll see if I can um, find someone who uh, might be able to make a new prototype. That's, that's a pretty good idea, David. Okay. So anyway, uh, once again, we've gone over time and I do truly appreciate uh, you folks uh, spending an hour out of your week with me. Um, and uh, we have a, a, a lot of stuff going on um, that I'll let you know about soon. Um, there are new tobaccos coming and uh, it's, it's getting crazy. Um, David says he keeps a stack of flat bottom coffee filters on hand and drop whatever blend he wants to dry into the top one. If it soils, he tosses it and a fresh one is ready under it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that it's absorbent. Yeah. That, that makes, uh, that makes some good sense. So anyway, um, we've, we've got, we've got so much coming. Um, and, uh, I've been, uh, having, uh, conversations with, um, our social media director and we've had, uh, we've had good discussion about new ideas and, uh, more things out. If you're receiving our emails and you regularly go to our, um, Facebook page, um, our top 10 tobaccos of 2022 um, are, are coming out now. They're being released gradually. Um, and uh, a lot of people ask when we, when we do something like that, you know, what's the criteria? Uh, how do we select those, um, those top 10? And it's a combination of things. Uh, first off, 
this year uh, we only concentrated on tinned tobaccos. So if it came in a pouch or it comes in bulk, it wasn't uh, being considered for this year. Um, sales certainly had a lot to do with it um, because, I mean, that's the ultimate test of popularity is are people buying it? Are they smoking it? Are they enjoying it? Um, but also, uh, we took into uh, consideration customer ratings. Uh, so it was kind of a weighted average uh, that we came up with for uh, our top 10. So uh, by all means, um, uh, check those out. And uh, we have um, we have uh, some new social media concepts to work on um, uh, doing more live stuff. We do a show. I plan on doing a Facebook Live from wherever we go. Um, and uh, maybe we'll do some more stuff on site. Um, my my phone is capable of uh, really high resolution, uh, so maybe um, we'll do some stuff. Maybe I can go to a factory um, and and shoot some live video. Biggest problem with that is, of course, um, if they don't have Wi-Fi available to me, I'm going to have to depend on uh, getting a good phone signal. And sometimes inside a factory, uh, that doesn't work out too well because there's a lot of metal in the in the building. Uh, so um, that's um, that that's coming. But uh, I'll also be doing some more podcast stuff um, that will be just for the podcast, and that brings me to um, the last point, our folks from social media have now taken the audio segment of our Facebook Live and uh, put it on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. And now, um, because other, uh, other distributors um, work with Apple Music uh, to get some of their podcasts. We should be available wherever you get your podcasts from now. So just uh, search for PNC's Talking Tobacco. And um, you'll find us. You can listen uh, on your phone. You can listen uh, in your car if you have um, a, a connection uh, to your radio. Uh, so there's there's any number of ways to listen uh, to the podcast. And uh, maybe uh, you want to go back and, and check on something we covered in one of our events. You can go back and, uh, and pull up one of the podcasts and listen to it um, rather than having to necessarily watch it on, uh, on Facebook. So more opportunities for people to waste an hour of their week uh, listening to me ramble. Anyway, uh, again, thank you so much for spending uh, an hour.
uh, out of your week. If you're watching this on delay, your comments are definitely uh, welcome and encouraged. Uh, so if you're watching this later on in the week, uh, by all means, please drop your comments in. I will see them. Uh, if, if it's a question or a comment that needs a reply, I will get back to you. Um, and, uh, and so, um, hopefully we start seeing that move into, um, uh, real comfortable spring weather. Uh, it's, it hasn't been bad. I mean, it's never, we've only had a couple of cold days here. Um. Uh, to the point where the trees have been budding now for the past three, four weeks. Um, <laughs> um, David said uh, that the first time he heard the word podcast, he imagined a pea pod in plaster. Well, that would be a podcast, I guess. So anyway, um, thanks once again. And uh, leave your comments. Look forward to seeing you uh, this time next week. I'm Russ Willett from PipesandCigars.com. Thanks for watching.